Luke chapter 3. We'll really just kind of focus on verses 10 through 14. I'll give you a little bit of background about the verses before so we can know what's going on, but we'll really just kind of look at uh, Luke chapter 3, verses 10 through 14. What then should we do, the crowds were asking him. He replied to them, The one who has two shirts must share with someone who has none, and the one who has food must do the same. Tax collectors also came to be baptized, and they asked him, (coughs) Teacher, what should we do? He told them, Don't collect any more than what you have been authorized. Some soldiers also questioned him, What should we do? He said to them, Don't take money from anyone by force. Our false accusation, be satisfied with your wages. Let's pray. <coughs> Father God, we come to you tonight and we thank you for these words. And God, I pray that we can live these things out, dear Lord. These instructions are so simple for us, dear Lord. They are, they are what you call us to do all through your word, these very things. And I pray, God, that we see through these words tonight what we need to do. And God, just let the Holy Spirit speak to our heart. God, I pray that you hide me behind the cross. I pray that you just help me to preach the word tonight in a way that's going to be beneficial for each one of us, that's going to draw us closer to you, and to you be all the glory for everything that's done here tonight. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Amen. Before we are introduced to, to Jesus starting his ministry here in the coming chapters of Luke, uh, we, are, we are here with John the Baptist here for just a few verses. Now, we talked about, just a few weeks ago, as we were talking about Christmas, we uh, talked about John the Baptist a little bit, but just to refresh your memory, there were some uh, passages in Isaiah that talked about one who was going to come before the Messiah, that was going to prepare the way for the Messiah, and that one was John the Baptist. Now, he was uh, born just right before Jesus was, and John the Baptist was uh, going out, and he was doing the work. He was letting people know that the Messiah was coming, that they needed to repent, that they needed to be baptized. And that's what we see going on at the beginning of Luke chapter 3. People were coming to John, and they were being baptized. He was preaching this message of repentance. And the people's hearts were getting ready. They were getting ready for the Messiah who was going to come. Now, in the verses right before the ones that we looked at tonight, uh, uh, John kind of got on to some of the people that were coming to him. Now, there were many who were coming to him to be baptized, and he, he, he called them brood of vipers. He was kind of getting on to them a little bit because they weren't living in the way that they should be living. And he goes on to tell them that they need to live in a way that they produce fruit that is consistent with repentance. Now, we need to do the same. We need to be producing fruit in our life that is consistent with repentance. Now, that is, once we are, uh, once we are uh, uh, made aware of our sinfulness, we hear God's Word, or we read God's Word, or the Holy Spirit begins to convict us, and we are made aware of some sin that's in our life, we repent of that sin, hopefully. That's what God wants us to do. That is to turn away from that sin, to stop doing what we're doing, to stop living in the way that we're living, or acting the way that we're acting. Whatever sinful action it is that we may be guilty of, repentance means that we turn from that, that we stop doing that, that we come to the Lord and say, God, I'm sinning in this way, and I realize it's wrong, and I don't want to continue to sin. God, forgive me. I repent 
of these things that I'm doing. I'm stopping to do these things. I'm turning the other way. I'm turning from sin, and I'm running to you, God. And that's what repentance is. Now, once we repent of our sin, there should be good fruit that is produced in our life, as we have looked at in the past in Galatians, where it talks about fruits of the Spirit, self-control and patience and uh, kindness and all of those types of things. And we see all throughout the Scripture how we should be as Christians. We should be loving. We should be merciful. We should be gracious. All of these different things we see all throughout uh, God's Word. And these are the good types of fruit that we should produce. If we say we are a child of God, but we're not producing good fruit, well, then we need to take a look at our life. Now, that's a good question for us to answer tonight, the same, the same thing that, that John is pointing out to the people here, and that is, are we uh, producing fruit that is consistent with repentance? That is, can people tell a difference in your life? If, if you've prayed to God and asked for forgiveness and said you've turned for something or turned from something, excuse me, there should be some good that's coming from your life. There should be some good fruit that's being produced. And that, that shows itself in the way that we treat other people. It shows itself in, 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 in our desire to, to not give in to sin, to avoid that temptation, to fight that temptation. It shows our, itself in our relationship to God and our willingness to submit to God. And we as Christians should be producing fruit that is consistent with repentance, if we have indeed come to Jesus Christ and we have repented of our sins and been forgiven of those things. Now, the people of John's day, they were not producing fruit that was consistent with repentance. Uh, they, were, they, were, they were kind of resting in who they were and who their bloodline was, that they were sons of Abraham. But John said, no, 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 that's not, that's not going to cut it. God could make uh, sons of Abraham come from these stones if he wanted to. It's not about your bloodline. It's about what's in your heart. And now you need to have a change of heart, you need to seek the Lord, you need to repent, and you need to live and walk according to that. Now that's what happened in the verses before these verses that we look at tonight. He goes on to say directly before this that, hey, uh, the good tree is going to be pr- uh, uh, produce food, but the b- bad tree is going to be chopped down. Now he's not talking about being a lumberjack here. He's talking in spiritual terms. He's using an illustration here. That is, our lives are like trees. We are going to grow and we are going to produce something. The question is, what are we going to produce? Now, this illustration we understand because if we have crops that don't produce or trees that don't produce, what do we do with them? Well, we we, we cut them down. We get rid of them. We burn them up. Whatever it takes, we say, well, that tree's been there for years. It has not ever produced. It's not going to produce. I'll chop it down and I'll put something there that is going to produce. And that's the the message that John is trying to get to the people here. Hey, don't be a tree that's just taking up space that's not doing any good. Instead, be a tree that is going to be firmly planted and rooted in God that is going to produce good fruit. Now, that's good advice for us today. That's a good message for us to take from this today. And upon him kind of preaching this little sermon to him in the verses before, then the people come to him and they begin to ask him, what do we need to do? Now, this is a good question. And this is a good, a good thing for us to think about. If, if we want to change in our life, if there's something going on, then maybe we need to do a similar thing to them and ask God, okay, God, well, what must we do? Because 
Man, I don't want to live this way. I see that I'm living in sin. I see that I'm not producing fruit. I see that I don't have the fruits of the Spirit that your Word talks about, at least not as much as I want. So God, what must I do? What do I need to do? And John gives them some of the most beautiful, simple, practical advice. Some, some of the advice that we see all throughout God's Word. It's, not, it's nothing extreme. It's nothing hard to figure out. It's just as simple as it can be. He says in verse 10, or the, the crowds come to him, and then they say in verse 10, What then should we do? The crowds were asking him. He replied to them, The one who has two shirts must share with someone who has none, and the one who has food must do the same. How simple is that? Share with people who are in need. If you've got something and you can help someone else who has a need, that's what we are to do. That's pretty simple. All we have to do is to love people. If there's a need that we can meet, we are to meet that need. Now, it says here, if you have two shirts, well, I would venture to say that most of us have many shirts. I know that because I see you all, mostly, most of you, two or three times a week, and you're always wearing a different shirt just about every time I see you. My closet has got so many shirts in it, I can't hardly fit them in there. And so we are definitely blessed with the amount of clothing that we have. I open up my pantry, or I say open up my pantry. I walk into the, to the shelves where all the stuff is, and there's, there's like hundreds of things of food on there. And you know what I do? I look at that shelf for about 30 seconds, and I say, we don't have anything to eat. I don't know if y'all do that or not either. There's like a shelf full of food, but there's never, it's like when you watch TV. There's never nothing on. You got 217 channels, and there's never nothing on. But we are, I say that to say this, we are blessed. We definitely have m more than we possibly could need. And we need to do what we can to help those who have a need. Because there are plenty of people in this world that don't have one shirt or barely have one shirt or don't have food to eat. And that's, that's why it's important for us to give on a personal level. Maybe you encounter somebody and you can give them a shirt or you can give them a meal. Praise God. We do it as a church. We've got the food pantry box back there. Uh, we put stuff in there, and it's given to people in the community that need food. Uh, uh, Liberty Baptist Church, they have a clothes drive every year. They have clothes there. Anybody that wants clothes can go get them. There's people all over the community that take and donate clothes to Liberty Baptist Church so people can go get them. Maybe some of you didn't know that. That may be something you want to do. Maybe you're thinking, golly, I've got a lot of clothes that are good clothes, and I don't have anything to do with them. Hey, if you got two shirts... Find somebody to give one to. Find an organization that's going to give those clothes out to people in need. That's a very, very good practical advice. The people say, what do we need to do? We want to produce fruit consistent with repentance. We don't want to live this way. What do we need to do? You need to love people. You need to take what God has blessed you with, and you need to bless other people and help them if they have a need. <clears throat> Then it shifts gears. The first group there just uh, were, were the crowd. It didn't, it didn't specify who they were. They were just individuals. Uh, and then he kind of singles out a different, a different group here in verse 12. Tax collectors also came to be baptized. And they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He told them, Don't collect any more than what you have been authorized. Now that's good practical advice. Don't steal from people. That's essentially what the tax collectors were doing. In those days, tax collectors weren't looked upon very kindly because they stole from people. And there was a certain amount of taxes that they were supposed to, uh, supposed to take, and that's normal. Legally, there was a certain amount they had to turn in, and I'm sure that they got paid some wages for their work. That is only fair. 
But the problem is they would charge a little more or they would take a little more from the people than what they were supposed to take. And guess whose pocket that went in? That went into their own. Well, you could see how that could cause problems. We understand that because every time uh, tax time comes around every year, we have to take it out of our pocket and we have to pay taxes and we don't want to pay taxes. And much more so if we knew for a fact that we were being ripped off and we, our money was being taken from us unfairly, we certainly would not want to do it. Some of you may feel that way now. I'll, uh, you can decide for yourself. But, but the point being is in those days, tax collectors did take advantage of people and they knew it. So that would cause tension. And the tax collector said, well, what should we do? And John says, look, just don't steal from people. Just take what you're supposed to take. Don't take something that doesn't belong to you. That's good practical advice for us, to too. Don't, uh, for us too. Don't steal from people. Now, we're not tax collectors, but we still may have that temptation to take something that doesn't belong to us or, or maybe stick it to somebody in some way, and we don't ever, as Christians, want to give in to those things. So don't steal anything or take anything from anyone. Then the last group here are some soldiers in verse 14. Some soldiers also questioned him, what should we do? He said to them, don't take money from anyone by force. Our false accusation, be satisfied with your wages. Now, it's kind of similar to what was going on with the, with the tax collectors. They were taking things that didn't belong to them. But what the soldiers were doing is they were using their power and they were using their force to get what they wanted. And we don't ever want to be guilty of that as Christians. We don't ever want to use our position or our power, what, what little bit or ever how much that we may have in our jobs or whatever it may be. We don't want to use that to take advantage of people. And we want to use our power for good. Jesus had all power, but he was humble and he used it to love people. And we don't want to use or abuse any power that we may have that's going to hurt someone else while helping us. That's not the heart God has put into us. That's not the <coughs> attitude and the actions that God desires for us to do. Now, these three pieces of advice that John gives to these three different groups are good pieces of advice for us today. Help those who have a need. Don't steal from anyone. And don't use your power to take advantage of anyone. And then he closes when he's giving this, this, these words to the soldiers and he says, be satisfied with your wages. We need to be content with what we have. It's not that the soldiers didn't have anything. They were obviously making wages, but they wanted more than what they had. And they were going to do whatever they could to do what they wanted to. But John says, look, be content with what you have. And that's good advice for us today too. We need to learn to be content with what we have. And that's hard to do. At least for me sometimes, that's something I struggle with. But, but these three pieces of advice that John gives to the people here are good advice for us today. These are good things for us to consider. One, we look at our life and we say, are we producing fruit that's consistent with repentance? If we've come to Jesus Christ, are we living our life in a way that's going to, uh, that's going to bring all the glory to Him, that's going to make people look at our lives and say, boy, wow, I want what they have. They, they are a follower of Jesus Christ. I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, but if we claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, but we live like the world, well, we're not producing good fruit. People aren't going to come to the tree and pick from it. And so we need to ask ourselves perhaps the same question. Are we producing good fruit? And two, if we're not, then we need to ask the question, God, what do I need to do? What do I need to do to produce good fruit? Maybe we need to help people a little more. Maybe there are opportunities that we could give from what we have, and we haven't. 
Maybe we've stolen from somebody or maybe we've used any kind of power or position that we have to, uh, to, 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 to uh, in an abusive way to take advantage of someone. These are things that we need to make sure as Christians we don't fall into these traps so that we can be a light to the world, so that we can take that mercy that we've received through the repentance that we have, through the forgiveness that we have through Jesus Christ, so that we can be a light to the world and they can see it. What do we need to do? What are changes that we need to make in our life? We need to pray to God. Good time to do it. First of the year, this is a good time for us to reflect and say, okay, God, what do you want to change in my life this year and how can I draw closer to you? Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight. I thank you for these good words. I thank you for these, these, these words of wisdom from John that, that were not just good for some people back then, God. They are good for us. And so, dear Lord, I pray that you would help us to be those who produce fruit that is worthy and consistent of repentance, dear Lord, and that we are those who love our neighbors and not take advantage of them. So, God, if we do that in some way or mistreat people in some way, God, help us be aware of that. Help us to change that in our life and help us to, uh, to give back to those in need as best we can. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.